0: Good morning, Living Love. This morning we're going to be going through Matthew 11, talking about finding rest in Christ and hearing more of Jesus' teaching. So we'll give just a little bit of time here for people to hop on the live. Good morning, good morning. We're going to be in Matthew 11 today, guys. Matthew 11. some good stuff today, so... Make sure you stay on. It's just going to be about half an hour, probably, of going through Matthew 11 and really digging into the Word. How are we doing this morning, guys? Let me know. Thank you, Matthew. Thanks for hopping on, everybody. We're going to go through Matthew 11. Let me pin that here so everybody knows. Matthew 11 this morning. I titled it Finding Rest because. At the end of Matthew 11, Jesus talks about finding rest in Him, knowing that He makes our burden easy because we get to partner with Jesus in this life, right? We're not walking through this life alone. We're walking through this life with Jesus, and He makes our burden light. His yoke is easy, right? Because Jesus is so powerful, we just have to be willing to submit to Him, right? To surrender to Him, whatever He's doing. So, how are we doing this morning, guys? you good, Fusion, that's good. I'm doing good. It's a good morning. Good morning, everybody. All right. We're going to be in Matthew 11 today. Let's do a short little prayer here before we get into it. Father, we ask for your presence this morning. We pray that you would speak through your word, Lord, that you would teach us things in your word that we have not seen before, Lord that you would speak through me, Lord, that you would speak through each one of these people here. Lord, I pray that this would speak to their hearts, Lord, that you would move in them, that you would show them new things this morning, new things of your word, new things that you have for them, God, that you would give them rest, Lord, that they would find rest in your word and in your presence this morning. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come beside us and to teach us, Lord. I just pray for that for everyone here, Lord, everyone on right now, everyone who's going to watch later, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be beside them, within them, God, teaching them, teaching us more about Jesus, teaching us more about the Word. So all of this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Jenny, good to see all you guys. Morning, Annabelle. Morning, Emma. All right, let's get started. Matthew 11. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. Right, so we just finished with Matthew 10. Jesus has just got done sending out the disciples, right? Giving them all these instructions, warning that the, they're going to get persecuted, but not to not to give into to that, not to be worried about what people can do to their bodies. So now Jesus has sent them out, and he's going to do some teaching and preaching here. And it says, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things that the Messiah was doing. So everything that Jesus was doing. So he sent his disciples, right, because John the Baptist had some followers too. So he sent some of his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? And Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell them what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. And the good news, or the gospel, is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. Or another way to say it is God blesses those Who are not offended by me. So Jesus confirms to John the Baptist that he is the Messiah. How? What does he say? To confirm that he is the Messiah, that he is the promised one. He says all the miracles that have happened, right? Blind see, lame walk, lepers are cured, deaf hear, dead are raised to life, and the gospel is being preached. The good news about the kingdom of heaven is being preached to the poor. Good morning, everybody who just hopped on. We're in Matthew 11 this morning. All right. Alright, so that was verse 4. And then in verse 6, he says, And tell him, God blesses those who did not turn away because of me, or who are not offended by me. So Jesus is openly saying here that those who are willing to accept Jesus' message, those who are willing to repent of their sins and turn to Christ, they're blessed because they open up their hearts, right? They haven't hardened their hearts. Those who have soft hearts before Jesus, Good morning, Blake. Good morning, Molly. Those who have soft hearts before Jesus, who long to hear what he says and receive repentance, right? They repent of their sins and they turn to God and they follow Jesus. He blesses them, right? They receive the blessing of eternal life, right? Their sins are forgiven. So if Jesus is calling you out to you right now, whether it's to repent from a certain sin or to walk in a certain way, make sure that you don't harden your heart against him because if you're willing to submit to him, if you're willing to follow him, he's going to bless you God blesses those who are not offended, right? Because sometimes Jesus' message, like we talked about yesterday, it's a hard message. Sometimes it's a hard message. It's not always easy to accept what Jesus says, right? To repent of our sins first and foremost, but also to put him above everything else in our lives. (laughs) That we'd be willing to give up even friends and family to follow Jesus, right? That's a hard thing for us in our flesh, especially because we can't even see Jesus, but we have faith. That we know He's there, that He has washed away our sins, and we know of the cleansing that He has done in our lives. We know the power that He's had, alright? So don't be offended by Jesus' message. Sometimes it's hard, but if we submit to His message, to His ways, He will bless us. I've learned that in my own life, right? I've learned to just follow Jesus, no matter what. To keep pressing in deeper to Him. And the more I do that, the more I change inside, right? My outside life might not look that different, but I feel so much better inside. I feel much more joy and peace and comfort. So don't be offended by Jesus' message. Accept his message, and he will bless you. All right. Verse 7. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds, talking about John the Baptist. What kind of man did you go into into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed, swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way for you. I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. For before before John came, all the prophets and the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one who a prophet said would come. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Alright, so we just read a little bit there. Through verse 15 right? Verse 7 through 15. And this is Jesus talking about John the Baptist. And he says some pretty important stuff about John the Baptist, right? John was Jesus' cousin who was born before Jesus and sent, who was sent into the desert, into the wilderness, and he preached the kingdom of heaven, right? He preached to the people, repent of your sins and be baptized. And so that's what he did. He baptized people in the river Jordan. People came to him. And Jesus is pointing out here at the beginning of this, he says, what kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? So he's asking them, who did you go to see? What did you expect when you saw John, right? They were expecting a prophet because God had sent prophets before, right? To the people of Israel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all these people who are prophetic voices, who preached to the people who heard from God and spoke to the people, right? And John the Baptist is kind of that last of these prophets, of these Old Testament prophets that were preparing the way for Jesus John the Baptist was the last one to be sent to prepare the way for Jesus right there's this prophecy from Scripture that says look I am sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare the way before you so that's what John was doing right sending he was sent ahead of Jesus to prepare the way right he was getting people ready to repent of their sins to turn to Christ to follow Jesus repent for the kingdom of heaven is near right that was his message but Jesus says he is even more than a prophet, right? Jesus or John represented the prophet, kind of like Elijah, right? And we'll get into that a little bit later. But he says he's more than a prophet because he fulfilled the way, right? He paved the path for Jesus to come in. He proclaimed the good news of Jesus' coming. So, at first, the thing first thing we see in Matthew eleven is Jesus confirming to John that he is the Messiah. Second, he talks about John the Baptist, saying that John the Baptist is the prophet who spoke that the, he was the messenger before Jesus, right? He was the one sent before Jesus to prepare the way, to get people's hearts ready, to put them in a repentant heart, repent, repentant state of mind, right? To come before Jesus. All right, let's keep going. Verse 11, I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. So he's putting some pretty good words, some pretty good encouragement into John the Baptist here, right? He says, Of all who have ever ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. But then he says this, Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. Okay, what does that mean? So no person ever fulfilled his God-given purpose better than John. Yet in God's coming kingdom... All members will have a greater spiritual heritage than John because they will have seen and known Christ and his finished work on the cross. So Jesus is saying here, John fulfilled his call, right? His duty as a prophet. But even as he is the greatest man to be born of a woman, all those who receive me, who receive Jesus into their heart, who confess Jesus as Lord and follow him, receive the Holy Spirit and follow Jesus for the rest of their life, give their life to Jesus, All those who do that are even greater than John the Baptist, right? All those who have faith in me, all those who follow me will be greater. So even the least person in the kingdom of heaven, right? We come to the kingdom of heaven through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to the kingdom of heaven except through Jesus. So even those who just barely make it into the kingdom of heaven, who have just believed in Jesus, are even greater than John because they've had the faith to believe in Jesus. All right so it's just pointing out how great it is how great an opportunity we have right now in this life right here to even be better than John the Baptist Right? he was the one who prepared the way for Jesus and yet Jesus is saying the least in the kingdom of heaven, the least person the person who just barely accepts me who has faith, who has just enough faith to believe in me is even better than that from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now the kingdom has been forcefully advancing so he's saying John the Baptist did a great job of preparing the way it's been advancing. The kingdom of heaven is advancing. People are coming. They're getting saved, right? They're repenting of their sins. For before John came, all the prophets in the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. Right, John the Baptist is that old, the last prophet before Jesus, before the Messiah. And all the prophets up to that time, that Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, like all those Old Testament prophets that I just mentioned, they were all looking forward to this present time. This present time when Jesus was here, right? The other day we were going through a different chapter of Matthew and it talked about how there's not going to be um, fasting, right? There's some disciples of John the Baptist and of the Pharisees that come up and they say, why don't your disciples fast, right? Why aren't they fasting? Why aren't they praying or fasting like we are? But Jesus says, why would they fast when the groom is here? Right, Jesus is saying I'm the groom I'm the promised one they should be celebrating that I'm here they should be knowing that I'm the sent one and so everyone was looking forward to this present time all the Old Testament prophets all these prophecies that are being fulfilled by Jesus' life they were all looking forward to this present time verse 14 if you are willing to accept what I say he is Elijah the one who prophets who, the one the prophets said would come anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So Jesus says he is Elijah. What does he mean by that? Not necessarily that John is Elijah himself, but that he took on Elijah's prophetic role, right? Elijah was always boldly confronting sin and pointing people to God. So as Elijah was prophesying to the people, telling them of their sin, bringing people to repentance, John was fulfilling that same role. So he's like that modern day Elijah in that time. All right. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then Jesus goes on. We're going to go on in verse 16. To what can I compare this generation? It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends, We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say, He's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, so Jesus, he's talking about himself, Feasts and drinks, and you say, He's a glutton and a drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom sh- is shown to be right by its results. All right, so sixteen, verse 16 through 19 here. Jesus talks about this generation that he's living in, right? The people of that time who who are not accepting him, right? He says, To what can I compare this generation? It's like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. So he compares them to this um, scripture that comes from it uh, doesn't say here but this, te- this scripture that said we played wedding songs and you didn't dance so we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn what he's saying about this generation is that this generation can't figure out what they want their hearts have been hardened right? it actually says somewhere in the bible I can't remember where but that God had hardened the hearts of this generation so that they wouldn't accept Christ right they play wedding songs they play happy songs And they didn't dance, right? That generation wouldn't go along with the happiness, and they played funeral songs. They played sad songs, but the people didn't want that either. And then he goes on to explain, for John the Baptist, right? John who was sent before Jesus, didn't spend his time eating and drinking, right? John lived in the wilderness. He didn't eat much. He drank, he ate like honey and locusts, right? He was a wild guy. He was a prophet, just kind of wild, right? And then they said of him that he's possessed by a demon. So just because he would live that kind of a lifestyle, they said he was possessed by a demon. And then verse 19, the son of man, so Jesus, talking about himself, feasts and drinks. So Jesus eats with the people, he drinks with the people, right? He spends time with sinners. He doesn't, he hasn't separated himself out into the wilderness. But you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners, But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. So Jesus is just saying of this generation. This generation wouldn't accept John, right? They wouldn't repent with him, and they won't repent when I come to them. And we've come in two different ways, and yet this generation has hardened its heart against us. All right. So Jesus is just saying, to what can I compare this generation, right? So this generation is just especially hardened towards Jesus, right? Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy of the people that they have been long awaiting for, and yet they can't accept him. They've hardened their hearts against him because Jesus has come with the full truth of his message, right? And yet they are offended by his message. And we we learned earlier that Jesus said, God blesses those who do not get offended by me, right? So those who have softened their hearts, those who have heard the message of the Lord, who haven't hardened their hearts, those people are blessed, all right? Wisdom is shown to be right by its results. I think in another way of saying it, it says wisdom is justified over children. But I'm looking for something else here. Yeah. We'll get to that in just a little bit. So we're going to go on to verse 20. Verse 20 now. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had had done so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. So now Jesus is moving on to the next thing here. Talking about the towns where he had done some of his miracles. So he's going to talk about them. Because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. What sorrow awaits you? Chorazin and Bethsaida. For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than you. Some more heavy stuff from Jesus here, guys. Alright? So what is he saying? He's talking about Chorazin, which is a town in Bethsaida and Capernaum, all places where Jesus had gone to minister, had gone to preach the good news of the gospel, and had done miracles in their midst. So they had seen Jesus, the Messiah, walking in his power in miracles. Yet their people wouldn't, did not repent of their sins. Right? So they saw Jesus done, they heard his preaching, and yet they did not repent. And then he goes on to talk about other towns like Tyre and Sidon. He said, For if the miracles I had did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And then he says of Capernaum, For if the miracles I had done for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than you. So what is Jesus saying here about these towns? So he's kind of saying About these towns that did not receive his message, right? They were too self-righteous. They were too proud to accept what Jesus was saying. Right? They already thought they had it all figured out. They didn't think they needed a Savior, right? They didn't think they needed Jesus. They didn't need to listen to his message. And Jesus is saying, If I would have gone to these wicked towns, to these places where where sin runs rampant, where people know they sin, where their people are wicked and lost, he's saying, If I would have went to them, they would have repented because they know of their sin. They know they live in wickedness, right? We saw earlier that Jesus said to the Pharisees, healthy people don't need doctors, right? Sick people do. The people who know they're lost, who know they're hurting, who know they need a Savior, they need saving. Those people are more likely, more willing to come to Jesus than those who are self-righteous and prideful and already think they already got it figured out. So he's saying of these towns, of these people who did not accept his message, there's wicked towns. There's people who run rampant in sin who are going to be better off than you on the day of judgment because you didn't soften your hearts, because you didn't listen to the message of Jesus. And that still happens today, right? The message of repentance is preached to people, and yet they think that they haven't figured out, oh, I don't need Jesus, right? I just got to be a good person. Or I already have my religious ways set. I don't need to learn anymore, right? I already got it figured out. I don't need Jesus anymore. right? And those people who already haven't figured out, right, quote-unquote, are going to be worse off than those who are sinners who know they need a Savior, who are willing to come to Jesus because they need saving. So that's what Jesus is saying here. Soften your hearts, right, that same message. Don't harden your hearts. Don't be offended by my message. Surrender, right, repent. Turn away from your wicked deeds. All right. Verse 25, this is a prayer from Jesus. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. All right. So that's finishing out Matthew 11. And Jesus prays this prayer. He's speaking to the Father in heaven. He's saying, Lord, thank you for hiding those These things, right? He actually says, Thank you for hiding these things to those who think themselves wise and clever, who are proud, who are self-righteous, and for revealing them to the childlike, right? God desires uh, for us to have childlike faith, to come to him like a child, not thinking that we already have it figured out, but knowing that he is the only way, that we are children who are lost, that need a guide, that need a father, to show us the way. He says, Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. So it pleases the Father when we come before Him with childlike faith, with knowing that we need Him to guide us, to show us the way, when we come before Him humble and not proud. Because God will reveal things to the childlike. He will reveal Himself to those who know they need Him. And then He goes on to say, My Father has entrusted everything to me, and no one truly knows the Son except the Father. And no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So if we will come to the Son, if we will come to Jesus, if we will come to know the Son, He will reveal us to the Father. And we will be accepted by the Father as as well, right? We said it already, but I'll say it again. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father. No one comes into the kingdom of heaven except through Him. It is by Jesus' grace grace his sacrifice that we have been saved and it is by our faith in him that we receive him all right then what i really want to focus on today the last three verses jesus says come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you let me teach you because i am humble and gentle at heart gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So he's speaking to these people right now, right? And at this time, the religious leaders, the Pharisees of that time, had given very strict rules for the people to follow. And it was very hard to follow them, right? Because they were so strict. They added rules onto the law. The law was already hard enough to follow on its own, yet they had added more just so they could raise themselves up so they could make themselves better than other people. And he's saying to these people who had been Weighed down by religious systems, by laws, by legalism. It says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus is saying, come to me. You don't have to follow all these ways. If you'll just come to me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So he's saying, take that religious yoke off and take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. Gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. So let Jesus teach you. Because he is humble and gentle at heart. Right? He's not forceful. He's not going to force it upon you. He's not going to strike you down if you get something wrong. He's going to be humble and gentle. And you will find rest for your souls. Right? So Jesus might preach a hard message, but if we are willing to accept it, He's going to teach us. He's going to be humble and gentile. He's going to lead us like a good father, like a brother, like a friend. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus' yoke is easy to bear. You know why? Because he bears it with us. He doesn't leave us alone, right? He walks beside us. And yes, there still is a yoke to bear. There still is work to be done. It's not like we just get to take our hands off, right? Right? But Jesus says my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light because we bear it with him, right? He's already done the hard part. He's already forgiven us of our sins. Now we just had to come beside him, bear that load with him, and do work with him, right? Continue to, to stay in relationship with him. And as we continue to do that, we can step forward in faith and continue to move forward with him. And it's going to be easy, right? It's a joy to walk with Jesus. It's a joy to have a relationship with him. So that's what Jesus is saying here. If there's anybody this morning who's just been weighed down, who's been weighed down by different things, maybe it's sin, maybe it's just religious, legalistic ways, just like the people here. Maybe it's oppression and persecution. Or maybe you're just weary in searching for God. If any of those things are weighing you down this morning, If any of those things are weighing down this morning, Jesus wants to tell you, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Let me teach you. Right? The greatest thing we can do to come close to Jesus is just to lay everything down at his feet, to surrender. Right? We hear that a lot, surrender to him. But once you do that, once you truly give him everything, once you offer your life as a sacrifice to him, He'll take it and use it and make it for something more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Right? His his yoke is easy and His burden is light. So let's pray this morning. That would be me, Gabe. Alright, let's pray, bud. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for sending Your Son. We thank You that He has gone before us, Lord. That he has lived that perfect life and that he humbled himself to your will to die on the cross for our sins and you raised him up lord three days later so that we may be raised with him as well lord so right now we lay our burdens down lord we take the load off our shoulders we say lord i can't bear this on my own i need you to come beside me i need you to remove this weight from my shoulders or this sin that has weighed me down Just the weariness of life. Whatever laws I think I had to follow, Lord. I want you to take those things off of me right now. And I want to accept you into my heart. I want to surrender it all to you. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. For your yoke is easy. The work for you is easy. Because we love you, God. Not because we loved you first, but because you first loved us. And we thank you and we praise you, God, for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, anybody who's on here right now who watches later, Lord, I just pray that right now you would lay your hand upon them, God, that your peace would be over their life right now, that you would make their yoke easy and their burden light, that you would show them I bring you peace. I bring you peace and great joy. If you just follow me, if you just let me show you how to live, If you just trust and have faith in me all will be well so lord i pray that over everybody here we thank you and we praise you lord for all you have done for all you're doing right now and all you will do in the future lord you never stop working you have never stopped working so lord today we come beside you and we say we want to work with you god we don't want to work against you we don't want to run away from you we want to work with you we want to come beside you partner with you every day to bring your kingdom lord to bring others to know you that your kingdom may come and your will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven Lord bring heaven down to earth in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you father amen amen thanks for joining me for Matthew 11 this morning guys Um, if you guys are new to this We go live at 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Central. We'd love to have you guys join us live. Otherwise, watch them later. We have a bunch of videos that we've already done in our IGTV. So if there's any topics you're looking for, you might find them in there. If you're looking for testimonies, other people um, who have shared what happened in their life when they met Jesus. We have a bunch of testimonies. We just released one yesterday. A guy named Alex. It was great. Um, Blake, we know you're not new. Blake's on here every day. <laughs> um, neither are you, Jenny. We thank you guys for, for joining us. We're We're here to grow with you. We want to teach. We want to guide. We want to help disciple. And we want you guys to do the same with us, right? We want to encourage you guys to do the same. We're here. We're a community. We're a family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're here to build each other up, not tear each other down. We're here to learn together. We're here for the Spirit to move within us. And to empower us all to do the work that God has called us to. Thank you, Caleb. All right. Have a good day, everybody. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.